everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? Great. It's crazy windy here. I think I just saw the neighbor dog go blowing down the street, but <laughs> hopefully he'll be okay. <laughs> is, is your dog chasing it? <laughs> oh, no. Mine's inside. <laughs> I don't take any chances. So we've got a guest joining us this week, and um, it's a return appearance for Bruce. Bruce Houghton from Hypebot and Skyline Music. Um, Bruce is here for a couple reasons. One, just because... He's a cool dude in, in the music industry and has a lot to say, and we, we value his opinion. But two, the, the three of us are sort of making a joint announcement um, today. And I'll just kind of I'll hit the fine details, and Bruce, I'll kind of uh, let you speak on it a, a bit. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, you want me to take the lead go, on this one? It, I mean, we're we're very proud to Hypebot is very proud to be sponsoring this podcast and making it the official Hypebot podcast, if you will. So, you guys have done a great job um, over. How many episodes? More than 100 at this oh, point, right? Oh, oh, over 250. I mean, this is wow. been since 2011. Which, which in internet time means that you're a dinosaur. Is that right? <laughs> exactly. <That's> right. <laughs> but anyway, we're, you, you've done a great job and, uh, and we're happy to be involved. So uh, in addition to all the other great ways that you can watch our podcast, we'll be posting it weekly. There'll be links from the site. Um, you know, we're hoping for an ongoing relationship. So uh, we're very excited to be a part of it and whatever we can do to help, of course, and, and bring your, your message to the listeners. I mean, to the, to the iPod readers. And, you know, I, I just, so I, we... I just, you know, for me personally, this is really exciting. You know, HypeBot is always the go-to place for what's going on in not just music marketing, but music business, the, the new music business, what's changing, what's exactly. happening. Exactly. Um, so to, to be working with you on this is, is really cool, really great honor. And, uh, this is going to be exciting. Thank you. That's great. Super. Well, we're, and, and again, hopefully I'll be coming on from time to time and help you get some interesting guests, which you already have interesting guests, but some additional ones. So, uh, it's just another way to spread the word. I mean, the, you know, where, where we all work both uh, in HypeBot and, and you, this podcast and the other things you both of you guys do is this new music industry. So whatever we can do to, to bring those ideas forward, I'm, I'm happy to do. That's that's why I do it. That's why you Thank guys you. do it. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Thank you. So let's just kind of dive in. You know, you're here. Let's, let's, let's pick your brain. You know, before we hit the record button, I kind of said, listen, you know, um, you and HypeBot are sort of at the center of everything. You see, I mean, you get all the announcements, the press releases, you're talking to people, you've got your pulse on, on what's coming, going, and changing. And, and by all means, Jesus, we know stuff changes not just yearly, not just yeah. monthly, not yeah. just weekly, but daily things change in this, this Internet music world that we live in. What 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 do you what are you seeing? What do you feel? What what's your feelings about where the music industry is in in twenty seventeen? You know, I, I think finally we've gotten past the point where people are just talking about DIY, where they understand that they need to put a team together, and what it what a team is. You know, has many definitions, but you we've now seen enough successful independent artists like uh, Macklemore or chance the rapper you know on on in between and then certainly 
artists that have what I like to call middle class careers where they can travel the country and play to 300 to 1,000 people, you know, in 20 to 50 cities and make a living. But they finally, I think finally everyone has begun to understand that that there is this place as an independent artist, but it's not something that you can do by yourself. That's That's been the, biz, the, the biggest message that I've, the biggest um, sort of evolution that I've seen. It, it used to be, I can do it my, myself. I need no one. I need no one. I need no one. Or I want a label. I want a label to do it everything, everything for me. That there are so many permeations in between. You know, there are creative independent labels that are making, you know, licensing deals. There are bands that are doing it all themselves, but hiring you know, uh, teammates, uh, you know, team members, guys like you sometimes. Uh, and, uh, you know, along with that change, I think has become the ascendancy of the manager, uh, as being perhaps the most important member of the team, uh, sure, and, sure. and modern managers who understand all of the pieces of this puzzle are now more valuable than they used to be. You know, 20 years ago, you, you got a manager because you could get you a record deal. Um, and then maybe if you got your record deal, you understood enough to work it well and get you a publishing deal and a merch deal, et cetera, et cetera. Now you need a manager who understands, you know, social marketing, digital distribution, uh, you know, all the pieces right. of the puzzle. Is, is yeah, it, in it, some ways, the go, uh, go ahead, manager, Jay. sorry, Michael, the, the manager sometimes, especially these days, is kind of become the record label for yeah. some artists. Exactly the record label is, you know, they're a bank to some artists. Um, and they don't need that. Whereas, you know, a manager, some of the great managers now, they're doing deals with, you know, brands. They're doing, you know, exclusive deals with DSPs. They're they're doing a lot more than they used to do. And, you know, I think it'd be wise for those that are looking for a manager to really do their homework because there are some really amazing managers out there that can really take your career to a, another level and not just be the guy that gets you the uh, record deal. Yeah, absolutely. You you hit the nail on the head. I I and and I you know fortunately we see as there's a generational change a sea of young managers who understand it. I mean they tend to be young who understand in in uh, all of this world in a way that you know the traditional manager doesn't understand it. And and the smart traditional managers. I mean if you took, go, walk into the Vector office, you know in sure. Nashville, they, he's got a bunch of you know, 20 and 30 somethings doing all the stuff that he doesn't know how to do. And I mean, he understands it, Ken understands it, but it, that, um, you know, all, doing all this cutting edge stuff. So, you know, one way or the other, it's, it's, it's got to get done and the smart managers know how to do it. Yeah. It, 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 it really, I think, you know, when, when, when you're an artist and you're looking at that managerial role, someone to finally come in and cover that for you, you've, can't be afraid to ask those questions about what what are you going to do besides just being a manager right I, I think I think there's still the general feeling that a manager is just going to take over my career but in this day and age what does that actually mean right you know are some managers um, are just great at getting you record deals or great at tours or great right. at something and and if you don't know what that is, you might be selling your own career short or, but, or, but or, you might, or you might be getting involved with a manager who's going to do all this stuff that you actually don't need because you've got your own team. Maybe you as an right. artist already have somebody who's doing your online marketing and all this. You don't need a manager to do that for you. I, I think what's interesting, though, is that 
you know, the the manager is has become like the like the rest of the industry. It's not who you know, it's what you know. So that you I think now you if 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 a band had a friend who was a really smart guy and aggressive and understood, you know, the internet world in the broad sense, you can look he can learn he or she can learn the, the rest of it. You know, it's not there's not some magic door anymore where because daddy used to have a job at Arista that, you know, Clive and he can get you a deal. You know, we just see a lot of and, and I, I think this is exciting. So it's just like it was exciting when uh, TuneCore and the like came along and they, you know, knocked down all the barriers of distribution. Um, I see it almost in the same way for for uh, for managers at this point. If you're a smart and aggressive guy and and are a quick learner, you just learn what you need to know because whatever the skills are right now, you're, as we said a few minutes ago, they'll be different. You know, you're a Snapchat whiz. Well, you know, I just looked at figures today. You know, the IPO may be soaring, but all of their growth is coming in older people in older people while the uh, the under 25 demo is actually shrinking slightly, but it's shrinking. You know, who knows? I'm not saying Snapchat's over before it started, but you look at this stuff and it's constantly shifting, you know, and but a, but a smart guy, just like, you know, a smart a uh, business person, a smart manager can go in and learn these things as they go. And I think, I think that's great. You know, I, that's, it, that's it, it, a little side, or maybe this is a, a tangent we can go down. I had a conversation with a client a couple days ago. Um, and, and some of the people in the office were like, uh, why aren't we doing Snapchat? Why aren't we doing this? And I'm like, but you know, you as, as, as my client, you need to understand who your demographics are. Right. You know, it's it's not about just being on the latest, coolest, and hottest and greatest. Right. Yeah, um, who's your audience? It, and it, the audience for this client, 50-year-old people. Right. And right. older. And I said, right. you know, you're not going to see one person in your audience 50 years old using Snapchat. Right. Right. You know, right. you we have this great saying, Michael, at, at Universal, you know, go to where the party is. Right. You know, don't don't necessarily create your own party. Go yeah. find where the party is. Exactly. Right. And that just, might just not be, be where the party just is. Just because everybody else is at a party over here doesn't mean you need to go crash that party. Right. Um, understand where where your fans yeah. are, what they're doing. You know, in, in, in this client's case, I, I said, listen, your 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 client, your fans are 50 years old. I'll tell you where they are. They're sitting on Facebook. Why? Because their right. children and grandchildren are on there, and that's how they get right. the photos and stay up to date with what's going on. Right. So, right. yeah, we're not going to go after that. It's a right. waste right. of time. You will sell not a single yeah. more ticket by doing that. And today we have the the great ability to look at Facebook insights or to look at mm-hmm. you know these artist insights and kind of find out on our own where the audience is and that's that's fairly new you know um and and i think that if artists and managers actually look into the data they can find out on their own without paying a lot of money to find out where their audience is yeah yeah i think analytics and i I wanted to get to that in a second is is the next i mean one of the other big things that finally analytics are getting broad enough, uh, you know, and, and specific and broad and specific enough from enough platforms that they're starting to be useful. But before I go there, I, I, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, you know, a client says, a client says, we always, every time I post something like, you know, uh, Facebook has changed their algorithm, you know, for the 57th time and your reach is not what it used to be, et cetera. You know, you, I get these emails or comments on the blog or whatever, you know, well, we're dropping Facebook. Like, like, you know, 
stop. You know, it's still the best place. Take a deep breath. The sky is not falling. <laughs> I mean, so it's not as good as it was. You got a better idea? You know, I mean, right. You know, it's it is always a reminder. You better have a great website and you better have a great email list and you better work those all the time. But other than that, you know, and if you ha don't have a better idea, why aren't you on Facebook? You know, why, why, well, you've got to pay attention. Yeah. To you know, if, if face like you said, Facebook changes their algorithm weekly on us. Right. It's their secret sauce. It's how they make money. As long as your fans are still there, you should still be there. Right. It just means you've yep. got to change how you reach them and how you talk yep. to them. Until yep. the day comes when your fans actually leave Facebook or some social right. network to go somewhere else, right. you right. have no reason to leave. But forewarned is forearmed, right? It's You need to know, okay, Facebook might be putting ads in the middle of your videos. Facebook right. changed their algorithm. Whatever it is, right. you need to know that so you're educated and you make decisions. It doesn't mean you need to leave and put all your eggs in another basket. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And particularly when there's no other basket to go to. You know, there is that thing. It's like, I, I don't know how many times I tell people, yeah, but you know, Facebook still has like, what? a billion point three people right. on it right. i mean right. it's not it's not gonna pull a myspace it's right it's, it's past that you know right. um you know jokingly it's like if anybody's gonna pull a myspace twitter could still pull that on us yeah, you know absolutely. it it hasn't hit that tipping point yet yeah. facebook has hit that tipping point it's just it's there right yeah yeah. Well, one of the and things I'd love to talk to you about is, yeah, I read Hypebot all the time. What I love about it are mostly the stories that come out about streaming and about kind of the financial end of streaming because uh -huh. a lot of sites, and we don't need to name names, but we know a couple of them, it's like the National Enquirer of digital news. It's like, like I got a billion streams and I made 10 bucks. You know, this is messed up. And and Michael and I have tried to educate people, you know, on that. But kudos to Hypebot for getting away from the emotion of it a little bit and just saying, look, this is a train we're on, folks. You can make money, you know, from streaming. And there are tactics and marketing things that you can use to drive your audience and, and all of those things. What's, what's your take on the whole new music business as far as... Uh, you know, as it relates to downloads declining quickly and and streaming ramping up. You know, I, I don't remember. I, my father used to say this to me, but I'm sure he didn't. He was not the first to say it, and that was see the world the way it is, not the way you want it to be. And and that's how I look at streaming. It's like you know, yes, we can complain that they don't um, uh, pay us enough, and and they don't. And and but look, this is where an audience is. So deal with it. You know, right. uh, do you not want people to, to be able to, um, uh, you know, hear your music? You know, for most artists, it's about um, obscurity versus, you know, an audience. And anytime that you shut yourself off from where an audience is, you you uh, run the risk of obscurity or you certainly you're missing out on fans. So, Agreed. you know, I, I, it's not that I don't participate in that conversation. It's not that I don't have opinions about that conversation. But in the end, you know, whether it's Spotify, probably, or somebody else or two or three somebody else's, this is where it's at. Yeah. I mean, you know, and look, the first time you paid 10 bucks and you and you got a 35 million track collection, you were excited and they're not going to take that away from us. They're not, you know, it's not going yeah. away. So so deal with it and figure out how to work on it. I mean, one of the things that I've been looking at lately is which services are artist friendly and which are not. You know, it, we see uh, Spotify and Pandora 
um, you know, provide analytics, provides opportunities for the artists. We don't see Apple Music doing that. You know, if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at Apple Music, who is essentially, you know, the walled garden that Apple has always been. And it, while and their idea of artist development is, you know, who Universal decides is their hot act or, you know, or, or who Jimmy owes a favor to or something. It's not about how an artists can build an audience on, on, on Apple Music. You, there's, they don't provide the tools to do that. Now, you know, and, and Pandora in a big way. Is provi are providing tools. sure with AMP exactly. I mean that that messaging thing. You should see the analytics. Yeah. you know any band yeah. that uses that and and gets in that system. I mean the response is is phenomenal, particularly when it pertains to uh, tour dates. It turns out, uh, and Pandora, unlike you know some of the services Spotify has as well, you can look at where your fans are, so you know, hey, I've got a bunch of fans in Cleveland. So you put all of that stuff together and 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 to me you know the almost the argument right now is you know what are the artist friendly uh streamers and what are the not artist friendly streamers and how do we support and encourage the ones that are uh artist friendly and how do we you know rail against the ones that are not to make them more artist friendly right and hypebot can lead the way in educating those artists on how do you use amp how do you use right. fan insights on spotify and because as you as you pointed out so eloquently there's a ton of great information there that can really help you you know build your audience right. Right. bruce do you think the the same services that are artist friendly are <clears throat> user friendly a user as in from the fan point from the of view? fan point of view because jay and i talk uh, about that a lot about how some of these services you they they just don't get the the ui experience how to use the two you know you know and and to me that's 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 really important too is because you've got to have a service that the fans are actually going to want to use and enjoy using well, I, I mean, you know, I spend most of my time on Span Pandora and Spotify as a user, and I find them fairly user-friendly. And the time I spend on Apple Music, I actually don't find particularly user-friendly. So I, I don't know. I mean, what's your take on that? Which which of the services do you think are not user-friendly or fan-friendly? You know, I, I think my personal take, I would agree with you. I, I'm, I'm on – I've subscribed to all of them for, yeah. from a point of I need to see them all and use them mm -hmm. all. But I do feel like Spotify has – done more for fans interacting amongst themselves the playlists alone uh, you know you still can't go create playlists and share playlists on apple music and unless in, you're a curator right? unless you're a curator yeah. and and frankly in 2017 that's i'm i'm boggled how somebody wouldn't let their fans create and share playlists Right, right. I think Spotify has done some amazing things with, you know, their Discover Weekly and New mm -hmm. Release Radar, and some of their curation is is really good. Look, everybody's trying to crack that nut, and some are doing it better than others, but I think Spotify has really done a great job with kind of the recommendation engine curation, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that Pandora, yeah, it gets a bad rap. I think if you plug in, you know, it's like garbage in garbage out if you if you plug in you know the right information i feel like pandora can really help you it's just for a different listener pandora is right. not for me right um but but it's for my sister right you know and and that's great right but yeah uh, i think that yeah and uh, i think i mean you know yeah. just to to get sort of bring it a little bit full circle the stuff that you love about spotify the discover weekly etc you know because they are um 
and and what is it? The, what's the new mu- Discover Weekly and the new, new release Radar? New release Radar, yeah. right? Because those are algorithm based, you know. Because they're based, they're looking at what you like, what you listen to, what you interact, et cetera, et cetera. They are democratic, <laughs> meaning that if you're a band who has fans who are liking you and and saving your music to their playlists and to their you know their library etc then you're going to show up on other like-minded fans new release radar it has nothing to do with who you know it has everything to do with the fact that you have momentum as an artist right. and, that's and you can't exciting. buy your way in right you can't buy your way in and that's wonderful so i mean in you know i i can't say that spotify decided to do this because they're nice guys but but the net result of it is Again, another uh, pl- level playing field for the artist who says, who because they have momentum, gets more momentum. You know, I you talk to the people that are that are just deep into this, at like Cobalt, etc. They'll tell you that they believe that they can tell like two weeks in whether a song's going to be a monster hit or not, and that they can find things. You know, just by paying attention to those first interactions that happen with those first thousand fans that a band has and uh you know i don't know whether that's true or not but but how how exciting that is that if you're a a band you can uh you know build a fan base and then when you release new music your fans react to it and that then leads to more fans discovering it awesome it doesn't get better than that the 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 other thing related to streaming services that we've talked about is how it's changing in the sense that um you know, will we have the same services a year from now, five years from now that we have today? Are there going to be mergers, acquisitions, disappearances? You know, do you know, do we need this many services serving up the exact same catalog? Probably not. You know, I mean, I, I, I who knows who's going to buy who? I it, That would be, you know, I'd be guessing. Uh, but, if, you know, we know that there are a bunch of money, money losing services out there and that only one of them, uh, well, two of them, Google and Apple, are tied to an Amazon, which may or may not be a money losing service because of the way they they think about it. But, you know, that all the others, in essence, better figure out better figure it out or they're going to have to get bought by right. something now spotify has scale and spotify can is going to ipo and i don't see them going anywhere i i um, personally i think they're kind of too big to buy at this point but um everybody else you're right you're going to see mergers acquisitions etc i think it's also possible that you start to see some services that are more niche based or even niche based services within the services if you will so, so that yeah, so you know, just you remember when um, you know the ancient history of e music when that was sure. you know the the um, the hipster you know right. indie music that you found stuff there you didn't find anywhere else etc. I think there's a kind of a place for that within metal or Christian or certain you know kind of genres. I think you know it. it, it you know, Pandora in a lot of ways is a music service for older people uh, in, you know, at the moment. I mean, could that could a could a down not a download, could a streaming service, a full service uh, on demand streaming service be more friendly so that when you go to the front page, it's not, you know, it's about music that you're comfortable with. I think you're right. I think that's a that could be the wave of the future. I, I think it would appeal to a lot of different people. Right. I think the ones that you mentioned, you know, Apple, Google. Amazon. The music isn't their core business. Whereas with Pandora, Spotify, some of these other folks, you know, they may not be, you know, hemorrhaging cash, but they're not certainly, you know, uh, 
super profitable because of the business model. Everybody, think- they're all hemorrhaging cash. I mean, you know, I mean, Pandora and Spotify are hemorrhaging cash. They, it's it's not as bad maybe as it was a year or two ago before they ramped up their advertising, but they're all losing money, you know, and they can, because of stock, you know, the stock market, Pandora can afford to lose money for a long time. But, uh, um, but you know, you're, and, and there's, they will probably get bought eventually, in my opinion, by Sirius XM Liberty Media, who have sniffed around it two or three times, but that's just, sure. you know, I don't yeah. know why not. Yeah. What, what, what in your, your opinion, besides offering like maybe a niche niche service um differentiates why you know why why apple versus google play versus amazon music versus spotify because again we come back to we've said this so many times they're all serving up the same 35 million songs so at at the end of the day what is going to get the fan to pick one over the other yeah i i don't think there's an easy answer to that although i do think that original content um probably helps you know if if you're a carpool karaoke fan, Apple Music is going to be the only place that you, right. you can watch those new episodes. Is that, you know, if you were making a decision, like, I don't really care one way or the other, is it Apple or is it Spotify, would that help some people make that decision? That's the first, I'll just call it mainstream piece of original content that any of those services is, has inv- have invested in. So it's going to be interesting to see if that helps. On the other hand, you know, we've also seen what I would have bet you that Apple Music's subscriber base would be bigger than it is. I don't think their growth so far is anything, you know, special, considering that they're attached to Apple, for God's sakes, you know, that that they come preloaded in every iPhone and Apple computer. It, it To me, it should be bigger than that. In my opinion, it's because it's not terribly user friendly because you kind of, you know, and, and because the things that it's uh it bet on early like beats are you know the beats radio format if you will are in essence niche large niche but niche players you know whereas spotify just said we're going to be a simple to use broad-based music service and we're going to give you look the the beauty of streaming was we give you what you want when you want where you want for one low low monthly rate and Spotify delivered on that. And everybody else keeps trying, not everybody else, but some of the other players, Tidal and Apple, keep trying to play with that formula. And ultimately, though, that's the formula. You know, yeah. it's, if, 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 you know, when you get a phone, you want good phone service. <laughs> if, it, if it delivers that, then, then it's what else does it do? And yeah. Spotify, to date, has been the one that has delivered the basic service, what you want, when you want, where you want, better than anybody else. Now, with Spotify, they, of course, offer free, and mm-hmm. Apple does not. Mm-hmm. And they've got, and I've talked to people at all of the majors, they want to tighten that noose. They want to, you know, put more commercials, they want to make more barriers to entry. Where do you see that going? Do you think yeah, that eventually we're I not mean, going to have free? No, I, I, I think you're going to see limits to free. You know, we, everybody forgets that when they, before they came into the U.S., their free service was limited to, I want to say, $20, 20 hours a month, that you got free for 20 hours a month, and then you had to pay. And then they came into the U.S., if you look back, they, they said, well, for the first year, we're not going to do 20 hours a month. We're not going to put limits on it. And then all of a sudden, the limits never came. But I, I, I'm not saying it's 20 hours a month, but I think that that's the battle that the labels will win is, is to somehow, it's not going to go away. 
but to somehow limit it to either hours or features, more, you know, fewer features. Um, and then, you know, you also see things like, you know, today it became apparent that they're um, on the verge of uh, launching a, uh, a $20 a month high def or high, yeah. high res, right. hi-fi, they call it, hi-fi music yeah. uh, service. That's another way we're going to, they're, you know, we're going to extract a little money from the, from some consumers. Sure. And that money, well, you know, that's great because some of that money goes straight to artists and labels. So let me um, ask you that. That's a great segue. Do people care about quality? Some people do, you know, and do and, enough. And, do enough. Is it a niche? Well, it, what's you know, enough? I mean, how much does it cost them, do you think, to do this? You know, I mean, it's well, not much because not much, the right? files will be delivered from the rights holders at the higher res. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, if if 10 percent of the 50 million subscribers uh, that they have paid subscribers roughly that Spotify has right now decide to upgrade. That's a hunk of ch change, you know? So I, I, you know, I, it's, it remains to be seen how many care, but the answer. I is love high res audio. I think it sounds great, but the problem is I don't listen to records like I did when I was in high school or college in my front room with kick-ass speakers. Right. I have these, you know, yeah. earbuds in, yeah. And they're nice earbuds, you know, they're bows and they sound really nice, but I'm at the gym or I'm in my yep. car and I don't know, people, you know, we're mobile now. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. They're testing, you know, on this Spotify thing, what it, what it, judging from the stuff that's leaked, they're testing a price point. So they're, te they actually are testing people at $5 more, $750, uh, $750 more and $10 more. And, you know, who knows, but somewhere in there is a point where you just go, oh, what the hell? I'll pay five bucks more. So, but it <laughs> right. sounds good to be in the 20% right. of the time I'm in my living room listening to my Sonos speakers, you know? Sure. So and, is, is, is that is yeah. that offering um, when Spotify gets that, you know, completely rolled out and everything's set in stone? Is that going to be enough to basically say, title? there's no use for you to be just a standalone high res service anymore. Now we've got that as well. It, it's hard to know, you know. Sprint invested so much in Title uh, over recently that there's some, you know, there's some long-term plan for that. I suspect for them, you know, whether it's loaded into in into the phone service or whatever it might be. But you're right. I mean, for most people, it's it's another reason not to subscribe to Title. It's it's also the case that I believe that those Title artists over time, you almost already see it, are getting going to get tired of giving the exclusive, unless you're Jay or Beyonce, you're going to get tired of giving your exclusive to a service that only has a limited audience. That's right. Well, um, that, and, that, and that brings up uh, something I wanted to ask you about. What's your feelings on, you know, the old, it's an exclusive deal. Apple gets this on their service and nobody else. Is is that, does that have some future legs I, I mean, to I it? I think if you're a huge artist and, and you, somebody can give you a bunch of money, you can get away with it. But for everybody yeah. else, it's a non-starter. You know, I in other words, right? Well, no, I hate it. And no, it's horrible. It's horrible. But let's yeah. just be honest. This is about money. You know, and and if you're if you're Drake and somebody gives you a bunch of money, that well, the other ninety-eight percent of your fans can wait a week till they get your music. But right. so, I mean, do I think it's a lasting strategy? I, I don't. I, I think I, you're right. Yeah. My my old boss Henry Droz used to say, "It's not about the money." It's about the money, right. you know, meaning that everybody says it's not about the money, but it's always about the money. And, you know, there's things out there like I remember working at Warner Music Group where we would give Target exclusives or a window of exclusivity and everybody would get upset about it. But I was in those meetings. That's the only way they were going to get that record in there and they needed it. Right 
to build the record. And, and again, I'm not a fan of exclusives, especially these days on DSPs. I don't. I think it's somebody might hop over to yours because they'll get the new Beyonce or something. But I don't think it's a long-term strategy. No, and I and I think it's already proven that it hasn't. You know, Apple Music didn't explode. Its subscriber base didn't grow exponentially, and they're the ones that have spent the most money on it. So, and Tidal is the other, and they're struggling. So, you know, is it going to happen? It's going to happen. You know, somebody's going to throw cash at some point, or there's going to be something interesting enough to do it. And then there are those exclusive like you two who kind of, you know, the one a few couple of years ago who kind of say, you know what, I, I can't sell a lot of records. I kind of know it and I don't really want anybody else to know it. So I'm going to cut some kind of a deal to make, to be, make a big promotional splash. There'll be those too. But is it, I mean, I look, I think it's, it's not fan friendly. It's not smart, but all, right. always, you know, we have these conversations. This is true. You know, I mean, as you know, I, I own a, a booking agency as well. So it's always true in the live music industry as well. Everybody talks about the top 1%, you know, or top 5% of the tours or top 5% of the artists. Well, you know, and, and yes, those draw drive profits and a lot of sales, you know, whether it's ticket sales or, or album sales. But the truth is, it's, you know, and, and I guess it's what I find most interesting. And it's also the world that the three of us inhabit there's the other 95 percent of the artists and and you know for for them exclusives are not even are a non-starter and and or should be and uh it's really about you know how to get your music out there in as many places as possible so you know do i think i think we'll see less exclusives because i can't i don't think they've worked you know they haven't given return on investment to those who have written those big checks most of the time so this, yeah, this, this, this is a little bit of a spin on exclusives, but do you see the potential of somebody like Apple actually becoming a record label and signing artists and developing artists and yeah, going I, down I mean, that I, route? I, I, see, I, I think you'll see them developing artists uh, and perhaps you know, being the first person to develop artists, I can absolutely see that. But does that make them a record label? It doesn't make them a record label. You know, Live Nation, you know, said they were going to do it. And then they turn around and make a deal with Universal for distribution and marketing, you know. So sure. it's, it, it's, does it make them a record? Can they do artist development on their own? Yes, they absolutely could. And they probably will. Um, but does that make them a record label? It doesn't make them a record label. You know, they're never going to do all the things that it takes to be a model. No, they might be an imprint, but yeah. you're right. I think they'd outsource the heavy lifting. Yeah, sure. I mean, in the, and the truth is that, again, you know, uh, as time goes on as, and as label services get more sophisticated, label services companies, and we talked, you know, at the very beginning about building teams, et cetera, I think you're going to see fewer and fewer artists on what you what we now traditionally call the record label. It doesn't mean that they don't have a place because they'll be one of the people that are selling artist services to them. They'll have distribution. They'll have various things. But, you know, as more and more as we move away from the physical and more and more as media becomes fractured, you know, the, the need for a major powerful record label, except again for those top 1%, 3%, I don't, you know, 5% at most, artists just don't matter. I mean, it just, it just doesn't. You know, you see, in, you know, in, in, even in hip hop, except for those few crossover artists, these, these artists are becoming, you know, huge stars outside of anything that you and I would ever think that a major label does. You know, um, it's all about street promotion. It's all about Internet. It's all about sponsorship deals. It's a, I mean, labels are getting into it because they have to. But, you know, 
these artists and their teams and 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 the imprints sometimes at the label they were doing all they're they're doing all this stuff it's not sure you know the guys in the executive suites at universal no yeah. no i'm not i don't i'm picking on universal i don't and they're no better or worse than anybody else i don't mean to pick on them specifically no Bruce, this is, um, I, you know, I love chats like this. Jay and I just love having discussions Absolutely. like this. And, 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 and I'm excited that we're going to have you back, you know, once a month or so, and we'll we'll just pick up these conversations about what's happening at that point in time in the music industry. You know, this is this is exciting that Music Biz Weekly Podcast and, and HypeBot are coming Thank together. Thank you, Al. Back Could at be you. happier. And I, I'd love to hear who you, and, and not right now, but maybe over the next few weeks, who you guys would love to get on as guests and maybe who your viewers, listeners would love to get on as guests and help you do some of that. I mean, you, you have your own relationships, absolutely, sure. but in the digital world, et cetera, you know, there's some really smart, interesting people. And one of the best things about, and you know this, you've talked to them, a lot of the digital digital guys, they really love music. I mean, these exactly. are geeks. They've got a passion for it. Right. They could make more money you know, at, at absolutely uh, right somewhere else, but they're working at Spotify in the you know tech division because they freaking love music, and yeah. so you get them on the phone and are you you know you talk to them and 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 not only are they excited about music, but they're actually listening to you going, well, Michael, your your artists need that. Let's do it. You know, and they right. really mean it. They do it. I mean, I you know I I just did um, a panel at the Polestar convention with somebody from Spot, you know, high up in Spotify, Pandora. And uh, I, oh, and Ticketmaster, yeah, that was the third one, and then a guy from Vector, and you know, you you talk to the the guy, uh, it's Shane Tobin at at Spotify, and he's like, they were asking him questions from the audience. He's like, I never thought of that. I promise you, within two months, we'll do that, and and he will. I mean, that's you cool. know, that's it's awesome. It's just a simple little twist that somebody needed to help him sell more tickets, and and they're going to do it. So right. it's 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 a great. That's thing. super cool. Yeah. Right. Well, so every, you know, all 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 of our listeners, viewers, watchers, you know, hypebot.com. It's got if if you haven't checked it out, you do need to go check it out seriously. That's literally the pulse book, of book what's market. happening. Go book back market. often. Um and uh you know, we're excited that you'll be able to pick up the podcast now over on Hypebot. Absolutely. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Thank gentlemen. Thank you, Bruce. Take care. Awesome. Love chatting with Bruce. Guy's got yeah, he's guys, he's great. Guy's got like I said, he's on the pulse of everything. It's all flowing through Hypebot. Yeah, um, what a great partnership! What a oh, perfect yeah, partnership! Be, I, I very exciting. Yeah, I think it's a, a match made in heaven. It, like you said earlier, if you haven't gone to Hypebot.com, go check them out. Book market, great for the new music business and and getting news. Yep, they're great. Yep, yep, awesome. So. You know, and, and Bruce left you with a little homework. What kind of guests? Who do you want to hear from? Let us know. Leave some comments, and we'll track these people down. We'll start some of these discussions for you. But Exciting. Uh, that's it. Music Biz Weekly cool. Podcast presented by HypeBot. <laughs> We're out of here. Great.